It's Christmas. Hello. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. From us. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is the last episode of the year. Uh, number 13. Unlucky for some. I think it's a lucky number in other cultures, so we're not going to overthink that. No, no. And it is Friday as well, which is... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, think, yeah, interpret that as you will. It's a good omen for us. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, um, we have Frank Berry today, uh, amazing filmmaker. Um, uh, Berry Christmas, Barry everybody. Christmas. Oh, sorry, Frank. Try <laughs> <laughs> to avoid it. I couldn't resist. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, an amazing filmmaker, and uh, he invited me out to Clash to Dulic. Paul wasn't able to make it, and um, so we did it in a, in a classroom. So, again, we're not in the studio, so just apologize for any. Uh, background noise um but uh yeah really great conversation um about his films uh he had three features under his belt now ballymun lullaby uh i used to live here and uh the forthcoming michael inside which will be out in the spring and uh honestly it's one of the best irish films of the last few years i i, I got to see a screening of it a few weeks ago and it's it's fantastic uh, so before that um we just want to say thanks to all our listeners and all our our amazing guests who've been on. Yeah, it's 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 been a, it's been a, obviously a learning experience for 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 both of us, uh, but we've really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, a massive thanks to everybody who um, who's taken time out to contribute so far. Uh, we're, we're, we will be back in the new year um, with some really interesting people. Um, yep. If you have any if you have any suggestions on who maybe you'd like to hear speak or who we we could have on, uh, we'd really appreciate uh, your feedback. Uh, you can get us. Uh, you can comment uh, on the video uh, below, or you can also contact us at fniraptchat at gmail dot com with any suggestions or feedback that you have. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to take a little bit, bit of a break, and we'll be back uh, hopefully some stage in January. But uh, yeah, we want to kind of take the time to find, see w- where we can improve, and um, yeah, so hopefully we'll be back with a an even better uh, rap chat. And here's. Uh, well, a word from us uh, about a word for our thanking our sponsors. <laughs> yes, I guess. Yeah, listen, um, we've had tremendous support from uh, some really, really fantastic uh, organizations and people um, through social media and a lot of people sharing and posting about what it is that we're trying to achieve with this. Um, so massive thanks to Westland Studios, as always. They've been fantastic in terms of providing a, a studio space and a home for us. Uh, and they've made all of our guests feel really welcome and we really appreciate that. As well as that, we'd like to thank everybody at A4 Sounds that have been a great help to us uh, um, in terms of the practicalities of getting this together. And um, also Roger Kenny Photography, who helped us out with the uh, photography for the design and promo materials. And Owen Wheelahan, uh, who did the graphic design for poster work and social media banners and so on. And last, but certainly not least, um, the wonderful composer, uh, Pat O'Connor, who... Uh, who provided uh, our theme tune. Not just one, but two. Two. Theme tunes. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, for all the train spotters out there, uh, have a listen, and you might notice a little bit of a change. Yeah, we're just going with a little more of a cinematic version of the the theme tune, uh, just to to see the year out. And uh, if people prefer it, we might keep keep it. (laughs) Yeah, we we might uh, keep it for next year. So here's uh, so yeah, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from us. And um, again, if you if you're not familiar with our Facebook group and services, check us out. Yeah, 
um, on Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram and uh, we have plenty of interesting Film Network Ireland orientated events and get-togethers in the new year. So thanks a mil and Merry Christmas. Say goodbye, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you did such a good job. Okay, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much and uh, have a great Christmas. Look after yourselves and we'll see you in the new year. Closer to league with Frank Perry. Thanks very much uh, for taking the time to, to do this interview. It's a pleasure, Paul. Um, so yeah, uh, caught a, a screening, um, the IFTA screening the other day of Michael Inside. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, so can't wait to talk about that. But maybe first we'll just uh, go back to the start and talk about your your career, uh, how you got into film. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, for me, it started in in college. Um, I, I did a, a broad media degree. Uh, well, first of all, it was a diploma. Um, I was a student here in Clóxedulic, actually. Yeah. And uh, so we did a broad, a broad media course that covered, you know, documentary filmmaking, television production, uh, creative writing, photography. And uh, I remember early on being very drawn to, uh, to the writing and to the photography and editing. Um, and uh, at the time, uh, we had the option to go and continue our studies in the UK and do a, a year in... in um, in Wolverhampton and uh, top up and get a degree, which is what I did. And then I came back and applied for postgraduate work. And uh, by, uh, by that point, when I was over in the UK, we we made an awful lot of documentaries and an awful lot of, of uh, uh, so it was very practical. And um, I made my first kind of uh, documentaries, I think, that, I, that were less group work and more that I, made, I, I directed um, in that period. And then um, I applied for a postgrad in, in DIT um, in film production. So um, I spent um, a year uh, shooting on uh, 16mm and editing on Avid and Steenbeck and learning uh, kind of really practical um, things about uh, filmmaking in that year. It was a very intense year. And then two people were picked out of the class to direct the final films, and I was one of them, and I got an enormous amount of encouragement from that. Um, and that kind of really inspired me to to uh, to keep going. Yeah. And what were those films? Yeah. Well, the the um, uh, the fr- the one that I directed was a film called Fanatic. So yeah. it was written by um, Patrick Butler, another uh, student on the course. And uh, I mean, they were they were practical applications of everything that we were learning. Yeah. And um, we, you know, we. Um, uh, uh, People in the class were given different roles, like a DOP and production designer, and the, the class crewed them really. And uh, um, so we all pitched uh, to, right. to see yeah. who would who would who would direct and uh, what your vision of it is, etc. So, um, so I, I took great encouragement from that. I loved uh, I loved the process of shooting on film, and I uh, learned a lot there. Um, and and then after that, I made another very quickly. I made another short film, like directly using my my uh, uh, students from the class um, and the equipment from DIT. We made another film called Boat Racing very very quickly afterwards. And um, during that period, after the few years after um, after I, I left DIT, I, I made an awful lot of different types types of, of right. stuff. And yeah. I made music videos and yeah. short films, and we did a kind of a no budget TV drama. Uh, and 
So that, there was a period there where I was actually teaching full-time because I went straight into teaching after, um, after I left. Okay. I, I was making a lot of work there. Yeah. And um, so that, it was a great period. I worked with some amazing people, and uh, some projects were tough, some were easier, but you learn, obviously, from everything. And yeah. I took opportunities, and I um, learned... Um, and but very quickly, I, I I kind of started to get a sense that I wasn't really doing the work that I really uh, um, felt drawn to, okay. and um, I started making, I mean, I started making uh, smaller community type of um, DVDs, community video work, okay. um, and uh, so it wasn't that there weren't really the types of films that you would send to a film festival. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were they were um, work that I uh, that I, I loved doing. You know, they they were um, you would meet somebody uh, uh, who, who represents an organisation. They have something to say that they not necessarily have a, have a big budget, but they're they're doing something in um, that is is worthwhile. Yeah, and it's interesting. And uh, so I just found myself naturally feeling very comfortable in that environment of listening to people and actually figuring out what is it that they're that they're trying to put across, and we'll, we'll make a little film about that. And they were little documentaries. Some of them were dramas. And that's really where I found my feet, and that's really where I started to develop. And that led to my first feature uh, in cinemas. Um, it was a documentary called Ballyman Lullaby. And uh, the, the roots of, of that film came from the community work. Yeah. Um, I'll just go back a bit, because um, you, you did a lot of film school. And there's just with there's just, there's so many roots into filmmaking. Um, I think you're one of the first people that we've had on the po- podcast that went through film school. I went through film school. What are your kind of thoughts in general um, on the importance of that in filmmaking? Well, I think um, everybody's on an individual journey, yeah. and I think that the purpose. Um, I suppose I'm, I'm speaking more as a, as a as a tutor here myself as yeah. well, but yeah. uh, having having gone through the process. Uh, I see my role as being um, helping uh, people along that their own path, really, and listening yeah. to them. And um, so uh, I think it's very valuable in that there is, in college, uh, uh, you know, you go through a lot of personal development. There's an awful lot going on other than the syllabus. Yeah. There's a lot of sitting on tables and chatting. Yeah. You watch an awful lot of films. Um, so I've been an ad- advocate of it, but I don't think it's for everyone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think whatever... Uh, if you're motivated and you really are passionate about making films and you really want to express yourself, you'll find the path that's right for you. And if you go into college and you sit down and you go, this is not for me, just means it's just not the path that you're uh, best kind of uh, suited for. Yeah. And you, if you're driven um, and you really want to do it, you'll find your path, you know? Yeah. Um, so generally speaking, for me as a tutor, the people that, that come in here and sit in front of us and say, I want to study film really kind of want to be here, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, and it's very, very beneficial for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so you touched on Ballymun Lullaby. Uh, when I mention it to other people, it's, uh, it's a real beloved film, it's real, especially from people around that area. I know Paul Butler Lennox, who, does, yeah. who isn't, couldn't be here today, uh, he's a huge fan of it and he's from there. Um, so just talk us about uh, kind of... How you came across it, and then your vision. What, did you intend it to be this kind of, c- kind of slightly comedic documentary? Or? Yeah. Well, um, 
the, the roots of it came from uh, the the community video work I mentioned earlier, where yeah. it was one of the first ones uh, that uh, that we did. Myself and uh, Kevin Duffy, my good friend, who who shot um, most of of my that that work yeah. um, over those years uh, with me, and um, uh, we, we we went out to Ballymun, and the, the, of course the the uh, towers were still standing yeah, at that yeah. point, and uh, we made a, a, a video for for Ron Cooney. Um, uh, and it was basically just showing the work that he does, and he was seeking funding, and he was engaging with young people, uh, trying to, uh, to 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 bring this big idea that he had to life, yeah. which was that he'd have a music school and um, engage young people in 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 his passion in music, and. Um, we spent six months making that DVD, and we gave it to them. And uh, it, it was all about the creation of a of music uh, song called "Fire," yeah. and uh, it was a big performance in the Axis at the end. And um, and that was uh, we just loved it. Myself and Kevin just yeah. we loved uh, the community. We loved the experience. We were totally inspired by Ron, um, and we stayed friends with Ron. And we would go out and film little things for him over the years. Yeah. And then he rang. It's a long, it's a long-winded answer. Sorry. Oh, that's great. Okay, he, um, he, he, he rang me then in 2009. Uh, actually, it was Tommy Cook, um, who was uh, from the DIT Community Links Program, where a lot of, of the projects that we did came from, and um, rang me and said, "Would you go out to Ron in Ballymun? And um, they're opening up a new music room there, and Archbishop Desmond Tutu is in town." <laughs> and um, uh, so I went out with with Kevin and uh, that morning, and we filmed the opening of this music room. So part of Ballymun Regeneration, they built a, a, a facility, like a room for Ron, and it was this beautiful room. And I went back and I was just like, God, Ron is just totally in his element. He's yeah. set up, he's got this, he said, you know, you've got the, you've got the boozer, you've got this, you've got this, and, the, and, and now you've got a music room, a concrete you know, yeah. facility to, to support what he's doing. Yeah. And it was, I was so kind of inspired by it. And then... The young people played a little bit of music that they were writing with composer Daryl O'Toole. Um, well, he wrote the, the music, but the, their, uh, he co-wrote the lyrics with them. And uh, um, and the music was was uh, the, it was all about the history of Ballymun. It was all about their 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 moving from flats into houses, and, yeah. and it was all, all from the young people. And it's this incredible orchestral music. And um, I said to Kevin at the time, well, if we're ever going to turn this type of work that we're doing into a into a, a a longer documentary, a feature doc, perhaps, then this is the subject, and this yeah. is what we could were totally inspired yeah. by um, uh, by Ron. And first of all, it was going to be perhaps a, a, a year in the life of the music room. And as you say, the the comedic aspect of it, which is Ron's character, yeah. he's he got such a wonderful way with the young people, and he's so inspiring. Um, I just thought, well, we just all we need to do is just come here and just and just uh, spend time with Ron and yeah. and then um, then just the, the project evolved and I started to see the music come to life as they we went out and we filmed the RT concert orchestra recording the music and and I started listening more to to the to the um, to the lyrics and getting to know the people who who um, who uh, uh, Dara and Ron had worked with you know Tara O'Brien and Darren Scully and Wayne Beatty and. Um, I, I started to uh, the, the the project expanded in my mind to being how amazing would it be if we actually made a film that told the story of the of the of the of the building of the towers and then the knocking right up to the knocking yeah. of them down. We, we tell those forty years from the point of view of the young people in the area, yeah. and that's when I went into RTE and started looking at archive footage, right. and uh, um, we just became totally immersed in it, and we we. Um, 
know, we missed some of the steps along the way because some of the things happened before we started filming. Yeah. It wasn't perfect yeah. uh, as, a, as a process, but um, we were very driven by um, putting on screen what Ron was doing. Right. Uh, that was uh, that was the inspiration of it, um, and uh, and we we're, we're still we're, we're, we we shot a promo for them last year. We're still it's 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 like a long term yeah, thing. We yeah. just we um we just th think the world of them really. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, you just mentioned the archive there. Um, was that the first time you kind of used archive extensively? How, how was the experience? Yeah, it was actually, and uh, I just contacted RTE. Well, first of all, the the um. I went into RTE and I typed. You, you, you go and you type in Ballymun and, yeah. and all the. You know, you've probably yeah. done it. And, yeah. and um, went through and found some really, really interesting things. And they were brilliant in there yeah. um, in terms of facilitating. I said, look, I don't have a uh, budget yet. Or, you know, yeah. they were, and and uh, they. So so I'm not. You know, they they um, uh, they waited until yeah. we got completion funding. I think it okay. was a few extra. They just you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, probably shouldn't. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they were kind to me and. Yeah. Um, and then I went into uh, uh, into uh, the Axis in Ballymun, and um, there's a, 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 a small company in there, um, Ballymun Communications. I'm not sure if they're still called that, but Ollie McGlinchey um, uh, said, um, who's doing this? And I said, it's, it's just us, really. Uh, and he goes, OK, uh, so you've no budget? And I said, no, we've no budget. And then he brought me over to a filing cabinet, and he opened the filing cabinet and said, there you go. There's, and he showed me loads and loads and loads of tapes that were... Uh, rushes of student work that's been happening, going on in Ballymun since the 80s, right. and um, or the, perhaps the early 90s. There was it went back to Umatic tape, you know, yes. as, as far as wow. I can remember. And um, and he said, there you go. And uh, he said, you know, just just br bring it back, you know. Right. And I took that responsibility, you know, very very uh, yeah. uh, seriously. And that I would I would, I would I was very very quick to to um to to go through it, find what I needed, and bring it straight back. You know, yeah. I was so grateful to him for for just saying there you go. It was just very just a very very kind of community uh, uh, helping me out, yeah. uh, uh, feeling about it. And uh, so so and actually. The best um, uh, archive footage that I got, uh, some of some of the best stuff I got. It's hard to, uh, to, to 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 to. It's a bit sweeping to say that, but yeah. um, I got amazing uh, uh, archive footage in in that uh, from there because um, looking at at rushes, I, I used some some images slightly out of context. You know, where yeah. there was a, a, somebody would have made a drama, and you'd have a shot of of. Um, of a, a, a father looking at the window of, the, of, of, of a flat, of okay. one of the flats, um, as part of a drama. But I, well, if you just take that one shot and you yeah. have someone speaking over it, it says something like a photograph, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was able to to kind of really examine the material and and, and use it um, in a way that I felt was really expressive. You yeah, know? yeah, brilliant. Um, so that then uh, you got a bit of a cinematic release and it was on RT. Um, how did you find the kind of distribution process? Well, the the film board were really responsive. Right. Um, we brought we brought it to the Joanna Hagen uh, was the executive producer on a show who um, I knew and Donna, my wife, uh, uh, is good friends with, and um, and I'm obviously we're friends now. You know, yeah. we've been through this great experience together. And yeah. She was she was brilliant. You know, yeah. she came into the film board with me and. Um, and we, we we showed them what we were doing, and uh, and they gave us uh, um, 
completion funding, but we were still kind of slightly in in, in production. So it yeah. was it was it was. The, the, but they were very very very, very responsive, yeah. and that put a huge wind in our sails. And yeah. uh, um, and then we, we we finished the film, and they gave us uh, direct distribution funding. So I mean, it was a small release. It was in um, uh, in uh, I think UCI and or uh, it was in. Um, uh, the IFI and uh, so I think two, two, two or three cinemas, yeah. and um, uh, but it was enormously satisfying for me because I felt that I had made a film using the tools that we've been myself and Kevin have been using all this time, yeah. um, and uh, I felt that um, I, I could see you, when you're watching a film, you could see you can see yourself. You know, like yeah. you, you made the film as opposed yeah. to making a film that would look like a lot of other people could yeah. have made. You know, yeah. there's that fundamental kind of yeah. thing. I remember going into um, into the uh, into the cinema, the UGC actually, uh, to see um, the posters were up. You know, and I got talking to somebody, and uh, I was telling that that one of the um, one of the cameras that we used to, to shoot the film was in my pocket. You know, right. and it was a great, very satisfying yeah, thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, regardless of the scale of the release or any any of that, but it was a significant moment for me because yeah. I felt like I was used my own process and yeah. and uh, I, I I felt a sense of kind of satisfaction about actually uh, having it released. You okay. know, yeah. And then um, did that lead to? I used to live here, or was that a separate thing? Yeah, it, it did in a way because. Um, I was really uh, excited by the um, the fact that I really enjoyed um, uh, making a film with a community and um, spending time there and uh, telling a small story. Yeah. And if you you know what I what I learned from Ballyman Lullaby was by focusing in on a small story in a, in a community. In a way, by, by by being very very focused on this tiny tiny story, it can echo quite large, and uh, it can say something um, uh, that is that, that that can be um, quite uh, much much bigger, you know. Yeah. And when I travelled around with the film uh, in different places, uh, people would tell me stories, um, and they would say, "Well, what's what, what the story uh, you told in Ballymun Lullaby?" Uh, has happened here, you know. Right. And uh, for example, when we, we went to Tiff Kids and um, uh, they, one of the uh, at the Q and A after the, the, the screening, uh, was a music teacher was doing the questions uh, uh, with me from a, uh, a an area outside of Toronto called Regent's Park, and it's a high high rise flat complex. And they were in the process of knocking down as a social failure, right. same as as deemed by Ballymun yeah. uh, uh, as a social failure. Um, they they um, they were knocking the towers down, and he was engaged in a music project. <laughs> it was exactly the same as Ballymun. Really? And uh, and then we went to um, to LA with the film, and and uh, somebody in the Q and A said that that this is um, this this story is very similar to what happens in South Central. Wow. Uh, and so it was just inspiring to me to actually focus in on small stories and and actually to find something. Um, very, very um, important there, yeah. and so I wanted to work within a community again. And with I used to live here, um, it started with a um, with a, a newspaper article that I read um, called "We Must Give Young People a Reason to Live." And then there's the second part of that article saying, uh, which is called um, "Breaking the Ripple Effects of Suicide," and uh, uh, it had a, it had a, uh, an effect on me. Um, 
the the way uh, it was written by uh, Dr. Tony Bates, and uh, the article describes how when a, a suicide tragedy occurs in a community, that um, how it can affect um, other people in that community um, uh, who who uh, are in their own crisis, yeah. and um, how tragically you can have a, a rise in, in in suicides in a locality in a short space of time called a suicide cluster, and. Um, I read the article and it kind of disturbed me, uh, and I, I felt that that uh, this is. I know there's there's a a, a um, kind of you got to be very careful when talking about suicide, yeah. um, but I really felt that that this was a um, a kind of a social dynamic that we all needed to be aware of because to be aware of it is to be equipped um, to deal with with it um, when it, when 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 a tragedy occurs and. So I I didn't want to make a documentary. I yeah. felt I could have gone back to the film board with a documentary idea yeah. and been well well, you know, uh, uh, you know, well well placed there as as, uh, as somebody who who might get funding for another film. Yeah. But um, I felt with this subject that I it needed. Um, I didn't want to make a documentary about it. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't want. I was learning. I was totally kind of re- reading all about suicide ideation. And um, media guidelines, and and uh, talking an awful lot about this, and I was concerned about um, exposing the audience, particularly in the context of, of young people, to real cases, uh, because even if you're talking about uh, somebody who died by suicide and you are uh, condemning it, mm. there's a danger that that somebody in crisis may take an implicit yeah. permission. Uh, from what you're saying in that, well, I had the same problems as that person and that was yeah. their solution, even though you could be banging a drum saying, don't do this, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it, it's it's very, very delicate, you yeah. know? And so I um, I took, first of all, I, I, I um, uh, placed myself responsibly with the National Centre for Youth Mental Health, uh, Tony Bates, the author of the article, was actually the head of the, the National Centre for Youth Mental Health. And yeah. um, we kind of... Uh, uh, you know, he was very, very supportive, and uh, you know, so I started there, and then I, I, I thought, okay, well, in light of everything I'm reading, I think it's I would feel happier if we made a fictional film, yeah. and um, we actually put the dynamic up on screen so that uh, we can talk about these characters and their emotions, and we can say we can see on a big picture mm. how when when one person who's not really involved in the story dies by suicide, how one of our characters who we care about, yeah. how, it, how it affects them, uh, who's in their own crisis and, and how they, they kind of um, connect with their pain and get over this, this, yeah. um, uh, this, this crisis. Um, because everybody, it, it, w- w- with time, as we, as we all know, yeah. um, it's, it's, um, it's possible for everybody. And uh, we wanted to kind of show that in a fictional way. So... Um, uh, I think I, I saw a read that you said um, you wanted you, fictional but truth, truthful. I think yes. that's a great that's a great way of putting it. Yes, um, and it's very uh, it, it, it kind of stuck with me as a really good kind of model for making this kind of film. Yes. Maybe elaborate on that a little. Bit. Yeah, I mean, you know the phrase that a documentary can be a lie and a drama can be true. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so. Uh, absolutely, the, the the idea that that it's it's fictional but it's uh, it's true is um, pretty much what I try and do with 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 both dramas that, that I've done, yeah. uh, which is that it's um, uh, you know it's purposeful, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that that we can use it as a way of of talking about a certain yeah. um, uh, subject, and uh, 
So, um, the, so the idea was to make something that that is um, that comes from the hearts of uh, uh, of a particular yeah. bunch of people. Actually, I've, I've, I've missed this. Uh, I skipped a kind of a step where yeah. where. Um, uh, Michelin Egan in, in, in Headstrong, who's working there, was to, uh, working with Tony, rang me up and said, "You know what you're talking about doing?" And there's a there's a, um, uh, uh, you know there's a community in Tala who are making a drama at the moment, okay. uh, a DVD, uh, trying to cope with um, a series of tragedies in their community for the young people to try and understand. You know, yeah. so uh, they were already doing it. So I, I drove out the, out to um, to Kilnarden uh, in 2012 and. I sat down with Eileen Hederman and um, you know uh, a couple of other the other, oh, youth workers there, and we we um, we kind of talked for a couple of hours, and I said what I was try, try, trying to do, and um, so they really harmonised with it, and they they um, uh, they are, we had the kind of very much a, a, sh a shared conviction, and they said well maybe the, the thing to do is just to start coming down to the to the youth. Clubs yeah. are the, the the youth nights, and uh, uh, so I, I did that. Got to know the young people, and um, did camera workshops, and just engaged uh, with them, and uh, quickly kind of uh, bonded with everybody there. I felt like I worked there, right. you know, and um, and uh, I said I, I'd like this to be a kind of ex an expression from this community, so that we'll cast it from every everyone will cast everybody from the one community center, everybody under this roof. And then we'll find people in the area uh, to to be crew as well, and uh, we will we'll, we'll make the film from from here. And okay. uh, uh, so again, it was similar uh, to Ballymun Lullaby in that it was an immersion in the, in the community for for uh, a period of time, and then making a film together yeah. with, with them. You know. Okay. Um, and maybe talk about how you worked with actors because most people were kind of non-actors and. Uh, what are the kind of the pros of and cons of mm. that kind of process? Yeah, well, well, first of all, um, I suppose the approach was not to be too, um, not to think about it too much, and just mm. to try and organically um, evolve the the project in ways that felt right. So, uh, what felt right to me was not to use the word acting, right. because a lot of the young people that I was uh, meeting would have been kind of turned off by that, and, yeah. and they may say that's not for me. Um, so we said, all you have to do is come in, uh, we'll have scenes on, written on a piece of paper, you just have to read them out loud. And uh, some of the young people coming in would, would, um, would, uh, you know, would laugh at the prospect and take the piss out of me and, uh, and then leave. And then, you'd, <laughs> then what was gratifying for me was uh, months later you'd see them kind of sheepishly step in and take a seat, you know. Right. And, uh, and that was really exciting for me because you just don't know what those guys are going to do because they're not people who would automatically uh, be first in line for an audition or anything, you know. Yeah. And I was just kind of, like, interesting to see because I'm learning as well about behaviour and attitudes and everything. Yeah. And I'm just fascinated to see what these guys will do in this space, you know. And um, uh, so they just had to read the lines, and it's a process. That there's nothing new about this process, you know. Uh, it's it's well established, obviously. And uh, they just read the lines over and over again, and um, about eight or nine times. Usually around the eighth time, they all laugh, yeah. and the ninth time they get angry. And then <laughs> that's time to put the scripts down. And I say, right, well, let's see how far we can get through the scene without actually looking at the at, at the at the, the page. Um, let, and sometimes they go right to the end of the scene, and the scenes in my films are uh, are generally quite short. 
Uh, so they probably get to the end of the scene, um, and then uh, uh, so once they got to the end of the scene, it's like, oh, okay, okay, we do, okay, okay, that's great, and there's generally a sense of relief and happiness. And then they, okay, let's let's do it again, and and let's let let's um, uh, and so they would uh, uh, read this, they'd, they'd look at each other, they're sitting opposite each other, and they'd, they'd laugh, be a bit embarrassed, but then they'd get to the end of the scene. And then by the second or third time, um, I'd ask them, should we change any lines or whatever? And, and, uh, and then we would change whatever felt awkward for them. And then it would just start to sound a bit like conversation. Right. You know? And because we, we, we'd spent so long with the, with the youth workers um, talking about mental health. We didn't talk about suicide or anything like that. We talked about just the importance of mental health and talking about your problems and and um, and the and just their 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 lives and uh, and because there was they knew that this was an expression of the lives that they actually lead and yeah. the world that they're that they're you know that they're living in. Yeah. Um, they they started to bring naturally their own intonation and color and and everything to right. the to the delivery of the lines. You yeah. know, yeah. so kind of in a way. Um, we kind of got around the word acting, you know, yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, and I mean, it didn't work for everybody. Yeah. You know, but it, it, it worked for, for a lot, lot of people, you know, yeah. and we had the adults, um, the youth workers and some of the parents and that, and lots of people got involved, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And say the main, your leads, Jordan and uh, David, David, David um, were, were, they, were they cast in more of a conventional way or how, how was that? No, there, there, were, there was, um, again, what I was saying earlier about uh, following your instincts, you know, yeah. like my, my, my brain was saying, if you want to make a feature film, you can't really cast everybody from the one place, you know. Right. The more conventional approach, which obviously clearly works and is really successful uh, for a reason, is the trawl, you know, where you go out and you, you visit stage schools and schools and... and um, and, but, you know, the downside of that perhaps is that you very often get the people who really want to do it, you know. Yeah. So um, this was a, a case of, it was just slightly different, specific to this project, where I sat in that, on that high stool in the corner of the youth space and got to know everybody. And it's a case of, of taking a hard look at, at, one, at one place as opposed to going and covering a lot of geography. Yeah. Uh, just by taking a hard look and getting to know people and, and uh, uh, relaxing them, allowing them in a way to... Um, Express themselves uh, without feeling kind of intimidated by a big camera or people that they don't know and all that kind of stuff. But just and um, uh, and Jordan um, wasn't really involved in the workshops. She she came down to the centre um, uh, late in, in in the process. Um, actually, somebody else was 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 um, uh, was uh, playing Amy, uh, who decided that she didn't want to do it anymore. Okay. And um, and then. Um, and Dav was just in the background of, we actually uh, uh, were filming a, a test shoot on the street and Dav was an extra and uh, I asked one of the youth workers about this, this chap here, I pointed to him, you know, yeah. and uh, one of the youth workers said to me, oh, he's, 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 uh, he's great, he's a lovely lad, he's very quiet, yeah. so may not be the, the, first, uh, the first choice, but, but, yeah. but um, uh, he's very, um, but he's, he's you, know, you know, really, really, uh, great guy, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's really it for me. If, okay. if 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 the person, if I felt that that um, uh, that 
he had the right attitude yeah. to actually p- play the part. I knew the second I met Jordan, yeah. you know, it's very clear. She yeah. had the maturity. She's a really positive person. Yeah. And, um, and I knew that she would be great uh, right. uh, uh, in, uh, play, playing the lead. And um, as soon as I got to know Dav, I felt the same way. Like, right. those, the, bo- both of them never let me down. They were never late. Right. And they were... They were um, uh, you know, it's really hard to make a film like this. We shot for six months every weekend, and of course, I have kids. Yeah. It's hard on the family. It's yeah. hard on uh, the whole. But uh, it was the community. It was the, it was the actual the people I was working with that, that we all um, were energized by. Yeah. Uh, you want to go out yeah. and you know and meet the challenges, and they they um, they help and yeah. uh, they they recognize the opportunity, and they're one hundred percent there. You know. Um, so, uh, so Dav is now like people are saying great things about his performance in Michael Inside, you know. But yeah. Dav and, and Jordan live around the corner from each other, you right. know. And so they're, they're they're two rising stars. Like they, they yeah. it's funny that you unco- uncovered because I think they're both going to have amazing careers. You know? But you know what though, uh, Paul? There, there, there. There's more there, you know. Right. And okay. uh, it, there really is. Yeah, that's great. Um, so. Again, yeah, moving on uh, from there, uh, was that kind of a, another direct lead-in to um, Michael Inside? And you kind of kind of used a similar kind of process again, yeah? yeah um, yes, it was, it was similar, but also it, ne- it, needed, it needed to change okay. as well. So I used to live here, um, allowed me to make another uh, drama. Yeah. So I think um, by making I used to live here, there was probably more faith in in i mean i had i didn't have a really have much of a track record in drama before right. that so i needed to get i to live here up on its legs yeah. and i after i showed the first time i showed it uh, to the film board they were very responsive again yeah. and um uh so uh, and then they they um they helped uh, uh finish it and then they yeah. they um uh, supported the distribution and all that yeah. um and then um uh so I had the opportunity. I was I, I I got Michael inside into into development pretty quickly after I finished. Um, I used to live here because the idea for Michael inside uh, came to me during my time making I used to live here, okay. where I saw a lot of uh, and I got to know a lot of young people who may have left school early. Anybody working in this area on a day-to-day basis will 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 know what I'm talking about. Obviously, where you meet amazing people, yeah. great kids. Yeah. Um, and they're 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 looking at you, and they they're very very sincere. But they may be trouble in school, and and they may be a bit wild, you know. Yeah. But the um, the 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 the, heart, heart, the heartbreaking thing is that is that when you see the potential, and then you see them drifting f- from that, you yeah. know. Yeah. And um, so a lot of young people would would have uh, that I've met, uh, you know, uh, were very vulnerable, yeah. and may have left school early. Um, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and are not interested in being, uh, you know, gangsters or you know any of the characters that you read in the media and all yeah. this stuff going on. They're actually growing up, uh, and their lives have gone a little wrong mm. early in that they may have um, fallen out with a teacher or decided they didn't want, or for whatever personal reasons at home or whatever, yeah. that that their lives have have, have um, gone off track, and. Um, they're they're just very very uh, vulnerable to what's going on around them, and uh, my instinct was to make a film where uh, about the penal system where uh, you know the nucleus of the drama is not necessarily the nucleus of the crime. So uh, you know we we actually 
don't tell a story about uh, guys uh, involved in, in serious crime. We actually turn the camera to the side and we film somebody on the periphery yeah. who's maybe two people away from all that activity who either, you know, we, you know, we all know it's true that, you know, uh, somebody vulnerable like that uh, who's, who's, who's um, uh, carrying pain perhaps uh, for whatever reason or who's, who's, who's been damaged at a young age can start taking drugs or haplessly can, um, due to their own naivety or, or whatever, uh, are eager to please uh, can can hold um, uh, a bag of drugs for for somebody in yeah. the area, and their lives are are um, are really kind of changed very very um, initially uh, uh, in a very subtle way. But every day that that that, that goes by since uh, they started either taking drugs or whatever it was, uh, they get further and further away from from um, the path that they were on, yeah. and. Um, so uh, I want, I, and I saw that, you know, yeah. great, great kids just sitting around with nothing to do, and yeah. and no, and they get up late and they stay up late, and and um, I brought this idea into uh, into pathways, okay. uh, into the, the, I contacted the prison service, and yeah. uh, um, I'd done a community video yeah. uh, for um, uh, for Trinity House years ago, and um, I, I, I met um, Michael Donnellan, who's the head of the Irish Prison Service back then. And uh, I contacted him, and he said, "Are you still teaching, Frank?" I said, "I am." He said, "Well, maybe uh, you know the CDETV, who 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 um, who I work for here in, in Dulig, they um, they had a, have a prison education service, right. and it was just a really great piece of advice." He said, "Just just give them a call, you know." Yeah. And I went in there and um, got to know them, and again I found myself in another environment where every week I was going in meeting a group of people. Yeah. And I told, and they're all former prisoners yeah. who started their education in prison, and this is the place that they go to once they're released yeah. uh, to continue, for example, a literacy qualification or a junior cert or whatever, and they get advice on, on, on their journey and, and, and what path to take next. And so I went in every week for about 18 months, and as soon as I told the former prisoners about this idea of telling Michael's story, uh, so many of them nodded and said, that's my story. Really? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was never interested in all this that you're reading. You know, and and uh, and some of them will have been in a lot of prisons and done a lot yeah. of time, and yeah. uh, uh, but their lives just just changed um, when they were young, and they spent an awful lot of time inside, and and uh, they found themselves their lives getting uh, getting out of reach, really. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, um. So that yeah, that's how that that process began. Okay. Um. One of the things watching the film that struck me uh, feels realistic, but it's also cinematic, uh, and it kind of, in that way it kind of reminded me of Ken Loach in that way that he's able to make uh, films that are issue films, but they're also very engaging and dramatic, and you want and easy to look at. I was just wondering um, your process in in directing, uh, say that side. Uh, of making Michael inside, uh, what were your influences and what kind of was your vision for the film? Yeah, well, Ken Loach is an enormous influence, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a huge, huge uh, uh, influence uh, f for as long as I can remember. I, I actually, I show um, Cathy Come Home here every okay. year to my students. I watch it every year. Right. Um, but obviously his cinema work as well. Um, yeah. um, so he's a huge influence. And uh, the the ethos of his films and the intention of his films um, uh, I when I was um, making I used to live here we did a little test shoot uh, we did a lot of test shooting you know and I would br bring the footage home 
and um, I would edit them, and I could never get get it. I was, I, I think at one point I spent about a month trying to edit a, a scene, right. and I was just I c couldn't get it to feel right. right. And uh, um, and then uh, I remembered. Um, you know, lots of kind of European filmmakers like Christian Mungu and Bellatar and these guys. Yeah. Mungu, I think I'm saying that right. And um, and they're, they're and and I just love the idea of um, of uh, because I couldn't edit this uh, this scene. It just felt like I was I was in an environment where I was working with non-professionals and we were trying to say something about their lives. And I was cutting it like a movie, like you know, coverage singles. And and I, it just it it felt like. Like I, I didn't want to say to to the participants, we call them not actors, but to the participants, okay, move over here, we're going to do it again. I didn't want to treat them like actors, okay. and and um, so um, inspired by those types of films, uh, I thought, right, well, what if we if we um, shoot every scene in one shot, uh, so there's no coverage, there's no kind of um, somewhere in the back of the audience's mind that they know when they're watching. Um, I'm not saying I'll never do that again, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But, but for, for I used to live here. Um, uh, they felt that they're watching something constructed and something created, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's a, a little bit of manipulation, I suppose, um, in the back of your mind when you're watching um, that, uh, you know. And so I, f I felt okay. Well, in, in a longer, longer uh, shot, then you're inhabiting a, a time frame. With the actors, you know, in the scene, and uh, you know, and if, if our aim for this film is to try and achieve realism, then let's not cut, and let's just actually let the let it, let every scene be a kind of a pocket of time, and then hopefully, as as the film progresses, um, you know, then there's a there's an accumulative power to that that we get a feeling that we're actually experiencing something uh, that is close to 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 reality, you know, and. Um, now, when we were shooting, we did something like sometimes we did fifteen, twenty takes, yeah. um, and uh, so the time it takes to do that is probably similar to a standard kind of yeah. more a more standard approach. Um, but um, we were just refining it all the time, and um, there was a sense of why we're doing the next take. Not always, <laughs> but um, you know that we were um, uh, you know just just evolving the blocking and all those things. Um, so it just started to work really, and um, I, uh, I used to live here. Uh, has, most of it is is in one uh, uh, one shot per scene, and um, when I was uh, uh, making uh, or preparing, I used to um, sorry Michael inside uh, talking to um, uh, Tom Comerford, uh, a wonderful uh, DOP. He was really interested in this idea of doing these. Um, uh, uh, long, longer shots, and what I wanted to do, and he helped me achieve this, uh, was evolve it a little bit. You know, yeah. so um, we talked an awful lot about that. So Michael inside still has that long take, uh, single shot per scene approach, um, and still I, th I, I think it has a similar um, uh, effect as I sliver in terms of uh, realism, but also just montage sequences in there. So yeah. we've we've evolved it a little bit more, and it feels. Um, it feels every, every you know I think when, when, when you're doing um, single shot scenes like that and there's no editing within the scene when an edit does happen you really feel it yeah. you know and uh, um, so Michael inside has that I think perhaps that, that um, hopefully that, that uh, power uh, in the, in the uh, scenes uh, as they unfold but also within the montage sequences yeah if you understand yeah. what I mean um, what's, how, how can people see the film? 
It's being released uh, by Wildcard Distribution in the spring. Um, I don't have a date yet. Okay. But um, uh, yes, that's all I know at the moment. Brilliant. Um, I know you're short on time. You have to get back to educating the next wave of Irish filmmakers. (laughs) So uh, just um, a question on... We work in a very uh, difficult and challenging industry and... uh, what advice would you give to filmmakers who are starting out um, in the face of those challenges? How do we kind of uh, fortify ourselves in the face of we face a lot of rejection and a lot of um, tough challenges like that? What kind of advice would you have? It, it, it's a tough one. I, I often think about it, and I say it to to students here on the film course. You know, uh, and I'm really you know like what are we what are we sending them out yeah. to, to? You know. The best advice I suppose I would give would be to practice and uh, to the more the more work that you do uh, clearly it's like anything you know yeah. the, the, the the better you get and I learned that uh, by experience by um, uh, by making lots and lots of community videos and figuring out what 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 is actually um, uh, making me feel happy uh, in this work and that 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 led me to to uh, to develop further yeah. um, so uh, I would say, you know, a, a lot of the this. I mean, I meet young people who are who are starting out all, all the time, and uh, they're very inspiring. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, every every year there's there's a few that I meet that are racing through the classics, <laughs> watching everything, yeah. um, and are uh, really really keen. And I think, uh, just I would say, keep going. Yeah. Work hard, keep going, and uh, um, uh, be aware of those early years because the work that you do now inevitably will affect the type of films that you make later. Yeah. Because uh, this is the this is the they're the formative years, and and um, uh, so if you kind of go into a certain area for a few years that you're not quite uh, uh, happy in, but you have a longer term plan, that is making an impact on yeah. on your on your development as a filmmaker. So. To try and uh, uh, be aware of of that. Brilliant. And have you got anything else that you're working on at the moment? Yeah, I'm working on um, on another uh, f- film. Uh, so it's early days. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to kind of talk. I think yeah. you know what I think I talked about Michael inside too early the last time. When okay. I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, like you say it, and then then afterwards you go, God, will it get made? You know, yeah, maybe I shouldn't yeah, have said yeah. anything. Yeah, so um, I I uh, I'm I'm developing something, and hopefully uh, it might get some some money and then if it does then I'll, I'll probably be able to talk a bit more about it great I look forward <laughs> to seeing it yeah. <laughs> thanks a million thank Great. you Paul Cheers. pleasure